You're listening to the Top Woman Business Unusual podcast. Now, the Top Woman Business Unusual podcast. Learn from the greatest minds in business today. Interviews hosted by Ralph Fletcher. Learn how to improve business, get tips from industry leaders, and be motivated by real-life experience. Top Woman. Business Unusual. Well, so could you just give us a bit of um, background about your journey? So um, it, it is a partially true of knowing I wanted to be in IT. It's more the reality that I knew I needed to make a difference. So okay. it was definitely a journey on getting into IT. I had my snippet of um, law, finance, and, you know, exploring different elements because yeah. I was always seen as a people's person, even tried a bit of industrial psychology. But I think where it stuck was the reality that there is a tangible value difference when being involved in technology. And why I appreciate platforms like this is the fact that Within the current climate, there's been this hype with regards to technology, more within uh, digital marketing and media and getting things out there and getting things heard. But we, from an Aspire perspective, I'd say my journey allowed me to look at elements of where I was most capable and utilize that to, to, to make a change and to see a difference. So... Um, it was a journey of discovery more within relationship management and network because in its own right, I needed to understand the requirements to ensure that there was a system built um, to, 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 to be of value to the client or the company. So my journey over the last 16 years has been mainly that. It's getting to know different um, uh, facets of various industries, ensuring, and I came up with a slogan where lifestyle meets technology. Because every element of lifestyle, even if it is within digital marketing, as I said, the, the, the value and the data around it, I needed to understand the value of that data to an entity to be of value. So that's, that's more how I, I, you know, my passion stuck within the IT space. Okay, that's wonderful. So 16 years, that's amazing. I mean, you must have a long view of the changes in the sector. Can you just give us a kind of an overview? I mean, there have been dramatic changes. Yeah, there has. And I think, I think how it's evolved is the fact that um, they are, it helps when there's a label put to something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, through the years, it was always a system. People became um, quite, uh, um, I'd say, more attached to renowned brands within 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 IT. So your systems, um, your your actual laptops, your Dell, your IBM, within various companies, everybody was going SAP. So it's it's an industry that evolves with the the most known um, acronym or buzzword. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I say it not with a negative connotation, but more with the reality of what's on the forefront of the ever-evolving technology. When I started um, in finance, and as I said, needed to find my passion that was more within relationship management, I was in finance at the time. And all I knew was, and I mean, speaking about 16 years back, is the fact that I knew when you project management, project manage something, there is an outcome, 
and there should be a, a, a valuable change. So um, I actually went to, to one of the, the senior managers in IT and I asked for a secondment. So I sold myself more on the fact that being finance, I interacted with many of the business users. So I said to him, look, second me. And because I need to understand, call it more the trade and how it works and the methodology around it, because um, what we all know is within IT, it's very methodology driven. You need to know that there's a start and an end. How that's evolved is the fact that we always look at tasks run from, say, 1 to 10, where we have to look at things systematically. That's that's evolved into more of a cylindrical approach, where even at Aspire, we look at things like just-in-time design, how quickly we can get an outcome to a client that can fix something now um, and be of value instead of all the, you know, the, the, the specifications. It's kind of like mm. building an airplane while it's flying. So that's been the evolution of technology where before an administrative role for me would be that I can sit with a checklist. I know who it is that I need to speak to. I know what change they're needing. That's evolved completely. I mean, it's why we sit with the fourth industrial revolution where mm-hmm. every single thing is, um, I mean, even the fact that we struggle to get onto Zoom now, there needs to be options. The fact that we are able to interact um, yeah. I can say that my 16-year journey started with your your Nokia 3310, where you wouldn't, you wouldn't actually, and that's without giving age away, but where you, you you weren't able to get actual pictures, video calls, or anything like that. You were limited on the amount of um, of, of prints you could do or, or texts you could send, and you know. So I've been I've been lucky enough to be part of that evolution which I feel has really put me at the forefront where from a business of the, the way clients and businesses operate, you are not just dealing with a millennial mind who's able to just go and spark up um, uh, a meeting on Zoom, who's able to look at things in, in the digital form and you know how it's actually going to capture. I need to take into account all levels of understanding and the impact to the business. Mm-hmm. So I know that's a mouthful, but it's, it's <laughs> possible to to um, speak about technology and not mention the evolution around it of course and i asked you about 16 years i think you did a wonderful job <laughs> <laughs> yeah we don't want to go into the intricacies of everything that you know you sit with and all the challenges but that all becomes lessons absolutely so as business director of uh, aspire solutions can you just unpack for us what your role is and how that actually pivoted during the last two years with COVID? Okay, so uh, I'll give you a funny story around, you know, how the, the t- I, I, let me bring up the title first. So okay. um, Aspire is very much on, uh, we, we, we run and we, we pride ourselves on, on our culture. So my business partner, um, Mike Stain, we started, uh, I think it's about eight years ago, seven to eight years ago, on um, as a joint venture where I was an independent and him as well um, with different skill sets on a project and the synergy was great. Um, we, we then started working, to, I mean, it hasn't stopped since then. And we got to a point with um, Aspire Solutions changing the branding and, you know, keeping up with times, becoming more digital, becoming more available to what it is that our services are because we generally the guys in the background. We are not the ones that you're going to see on the forefront. We're the engine that makes things run in the background. And Mike and I, with our partnership as it grew, 
um, with me leaving um, Evolve, that was my, my, my company that I was running under, joining Aspire um, as a partner. It was the conversation of, listen, um, what are our titles? Because we, we, we pride ourselves on, on being, I'd say, the jack of all trades, but not with the master of none. We're able to distinguish what it is, but more the fact that we, our culture grows around the ability with all at Aspire to be able to contribute towards a project. So the, the key part of being a business director is ensuring that the business is running effectively, the, the, the people are happy and understand their tasks, and the fact that I'd say 30% of that is my feet in operations to understand the impact and the projects itself. Coming from a, a project management, business analysis and solution architecture background, I try and keep my hand in there because, again, that is more my passion. But the joint um, effort is what helps uh, completely. And then what I focus on is your finance strategy and um, business development. Um, we look at tactical intervention with the stickiest problems, providing clients and companies with sustainable business solutions. So, Again, it can sound like buzzwords, but it means we want you to deliver effectively on what your promise and ethos is of another business. We, you know, again, an employee has a role to fulfill. So what greater achievement is there to enable someone else to make their lives easier and align to the digital age? And, and that's more about what it is that I fulfill Within, with, within, I'd say the position um, and business partner at at um, Aspire. Okay, and then the second part of the question was about pivoting during COVID. What? Oh yes. Yeah. What What did you have to do? Because everybody just stuck agility writ large for the last two years. I think your keyword is agility, and because I mean that's our ethos, and we run within the within the agile space. It was the awareness of the mindset. So more, of, we had a greater focus. We, we were working 18-hour days, um, mm -hmm. as I'm sure everybody who was adjusting because you realized you had so much time and why not just work, which to a degree, two years later, you can almost cease to your detriment because it's that element of self-respect and managing your time. Ours is more within the, the wellness part because we operate as a family and we have some bachelors and, you know, the well-being of our staff was important. So we needed to ensure that they understood what we were working towards. We weren't looking to maintain um, the, the, the pace, but we were looking to maintain delivery, de uh, delivery and ensuring that each and every individual remained responsible. So between myself and Mike, we kind of did the split where we do our check-in with, like I said, some of our bachelors who we know their family doesn't live here, they live on their own um, and are, are, is away from the world. It became a real thing, the COVID anxiety part. On And on the other hand, we needed to adjust that our clients, because we were we very much within um, the transport sector, right, which was seen as essential services, so we were also in a position where from our client side at eight o'clock on a Sunday, which would be like a no-go zone um, work-wise, we'd be getting calls because it was something that needed to be implemented on a Monday. And keeping that balance became really challenging, but it was the mindset of keeping, a, uh, keeping close communication and also being realistic. But uh, between myself and Mike and being client-facing, 
we needed to make sure that the lines of communication with our client was open and the responsibility that we had to the well-being of the staff was top priority. That was how we ensured that there was balance with the entire adjustment. So that, yeah, that segues nicely into my next uh, question. When it comes to wellness and fitness, what pointers do you have for maintaining a healthy work-life balance for yourself and for your colleagues? Okay, so I'm going to start off with that in saying that the first step to recovery is admission. So when you are a workaholic, um, that I, I, mean, I mean, about three years ago, I had to look at myself and admit that, you know, work was my life. And yes, it is your passion, but you need to have that divide. So taking time out is not just something that is good, but it is an element where you are respecting yourself enough. You are respecting yourself enough to take that time to breathe. It is better for, uh, I mean, if you're needing to take a run to clear your mind, and a run doesn't need to be what we see excessively where, you know, I've achieved a 5K, I've achieved a 10K, I'm doing, it is. it can be a walk. It just means respecting your time and giving yourself time. Having a conversation with your partner or with your kids, that woosa moment that doesn't require brain activity to be on 100%, but to allow for laughter, gratitude, and it's definitely a plus if there's endorphins involved because that keeps you going for a bit longer. So, I mean, with my life, that's also been transitioning now because um, I've recently gotten married as well. Um, I'm trying to wake up 15 minutes earlier um, than I used to. And that is even if it means to take a breath um, with a few yoga poses. Um, if I know that I've had a good night's sleep, it's just adding 10 minutes where I'm doing three sets of something. And you don't need anything or anybody for that. Yeah. Then I've got the days where I see this sun creeping through the blinds. I'll actually just go outside for 10 minutes and breathe. And the sunlight, I've come to realize again because we're indoors all the time. Going outside and taking that breath does wonders on the mind. We cannot just operate on brain activity. We need to ensure that we are still, we've lost the sense of touch and of feel. So you need to kind of find that with yourself and that work-life balance is important. So there's nobody that can say, I cannot take 10 minutes for myself. Mm -hmm. So my advice is always on that balance. When you're giving someone else advice, make sure you're taking advice for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. Um, last year, you were, you were the recipient of the Standard Bank Top Woman Award in the technology category. Congratulations. How has receiving this recognition positively impacted on your journey? Okay, so firstly, I think what hit home is the recognition to myself in Aspire. And when they said my name, I promise you, I was dumbstruck having seen all the nominees and, you know, having gone through the evening where we bounced around and we could um, interact with all the other nominees. Um, so it's given me a greater sense of purpose along with confidence because that is also key for you as an individual. So with creating the visibility um, that for the longest time, besides being in a male-dominated industry, seen as a micro-enterprise and with the battle to showcase what Aspire does, this has definitely helped me get out there and be more um, vocal about what it is that we're doing. And tech has become hugely dependent, a hugely dependent industry, 
mainly, as I mentioned often within marketing and companies, showcasing the keywords like AI, big data, coding, and the recognitions, um, the recognition and the platform such as this allows for us to get businesses and companies thinking about how they manage their business, the business processes, cause and effects, and the management systems that they are. So it creates a space of sustainability, which is a huge impact and the greater need on what this has allowed and what it's opened is the need to educate and to aim higher. Mm-hmm. So the opportunity to inspire the youth and other small businesses to get out there and be proud of taking the first step, because it would have been unknown um, or uncharted waters for me if the opportunity wasn't there. And, you know, you, you, you'll enter something and you'll send some information. Um, and to me, being recognized as a finalist was almost enough. So with winning that category, it's helped me to move forward and also move the goalposts once more. So I'm truly thankful and honored to, to be a recipient of that award. And I'm hoping to do justice where, you know, it's an, it's an inspiration to others and more so that the platform is also recognized where if it was just there to help me with my confidence and get me out there, it can do a lot more for businesses that can be further recognized. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's really great to know. Um, It made me think while you were speaking, you know, these platforms are really important in terms of inspiring um, entrepreneurs and businesses and helping businesses uh, do better business. What are the kinds of questions you think we should be asking and answering for young female entrepreneurs out there? Do you think it's about... Um, how can I get finance or um, how can I get mentorship or how can I, what career should I choose? What would you say are the three key questions that we should be asking and answering for young women entrepreneurs out there? So I think, I mean, the three that you've mentioned now are the ones that I'm also posed with quite often. Um, First and foremost, it's the funding part, right? But I think the questions we need to be asking is why? We find ourselves in a climate where it becomes survival. I mean, I sit with uh, uh, an 18-year-old in my house at the, mo- at the moment. Uh, my daughter is busy with Matik. And um, within the, with COVID, I mean, we're on 500 days already. She finds herself in a position where initially she was definitely going the um, occupational therapist route. Um, the mid-last year, she was looking at more of an online store, um, uh, media and marketing and, and getting out there because she's also quite confident with, you know, um, um, social speaking and all of those um, uh, factors. Um, she is, the question that I have, and I think it makes it easier for me because it is so close to home, is I sit with her and appears and um, she knows she wants to focus more on entrepreneurship now something that she can start and maintain and manage on her own, looking into the needs of more consumables and and things that are deemed essential services. But I keep on asking her why. Have you lost your passion for what it is that you thought you needed to do? What was it that you wanted to do two years ago? And her line remains the same. Make a difference in young children. And that's why she obviously wanted to go the occupational therapy route. So why are you changing it now? because of a fear of if that doesn't survive and if she's unable to treat it or even complete her studies in the current climate with, with you know, some distant learning, how is she going to maintain herself? So I've kind of broken down um, the building blocks with more questions to 
Why are you doing it now? Because you'll find that this generation and people who are sitting without jobs are needing it purely for survival for their family. They're needing to work. They're starting to sell things online. They're opening blogs. It's YouTube factors. They're looking for it. It is a very social space where the social area hasn't given them much support. If anything, it's set extremely high standards for this generation because what they see on social media becomes this perfect life where things are given to you, um, you know, and you've got a paid partnership, they're making money, they're living the life. And the if we are able to put more onus on the characteristics of why the entrepreneur starting off in Generation Z and, and going forward on why they are doing it without losing passion and without it being purely about the monetary gain, because that as much as we need it for survival, you cannot continue just chasing it without understanding the why. So if we can open a platform, and it's really something that I'm looking at doing um, uh, later on, I mean, I'll give you a brief of what it is that we are planning. And I'm looking at uh, doing a campaign with Glamour on, on, on confidence and we confidence break down certain elements of social standards and what young girls feel they need to achieve and what they need to look like and what they need to um, uh, what the profile needs to be to actually get noticed, it should be a, more about characteristics. So again, without the age factor, but I am grateful that I come from a foundation where model grounding and understanding why I'm doing it. I'm not doing this without principle and without going, yes, I need to survive, but I don't want to lose the difference that I make in even if it's just one person's um, home or one person's mindset, because mindset has become key. So to, uh, to summarize to your question, what is it that we need to be asking entrepreneurs? It's the why and how mentally they are impacted with the decision that they are making. So are you making a decision based on your current state or is it something that means something to you? Mm. Okay, that's wonderful. Thank you for that. Um, it led me to thinking you spoke about your daughter and, yes. you know, a number of the interviews and conversations I've had with women, often what comes up is the kind of multitasking and the multiple roles that women have to play. So it's about not only being at work, it's also about being at home and about raising children, about maintaining a family, uh, doing a 24-hour day shift, you know, how, how do you manage it? Okay, so, so for me, again, I think, and I mentioned it a little earlier, it helps to get the label. So if we were to bring it closer to home with being mothers, and, and what I've also found is you get people that, that will watch um, a, a podcast like this, right, and they'll they're focused on success and they're looking for stimulation and they're looking to move forward where I really want to get a message out there that being a mom at home is a job on its own. It mm. allows for those skills of multitasking. So um, if you are doing your pickups and drop-offs at school, you are interacting with mothers, your child can be a bit older. There is something that you have learned or your child was sick at one stage and you found this little trick and you're able to pass it on to other mothers. It is understanding and labeling that capability. Are you good at keeping your kitchen in order? 
Are you good at, um, I mean, you, we've got this whole range of things where people are doing meal prep to stay healthy. Are you good at planning those things? Those are not just, oh my word, I'm able to do meal prep. It's the skill of planning around that. So I'm looking to, for, for me, I manage it by, I'll do something once. And if I get it right and I enjoy it, I'll continue doing it. If not, I need to make a change. And that change for me generally comes if I get frustrated. So if I know that I pack the, the lunches every night um, at a certain time to make sure that everything's ready the next morning, because yes, I do set my table the night before religiously, and I've done it my entire life. It's more because I feel it's important for my kids to not leave home in the morning when they do go to school with a rushed mindset. It, it, it kind of sets the tone for the day. So if there is structure with their lunchboxes in order and things that is in order, it became a skill of mine where I'm able to plan. And I pride myself in that. So small things in a house is what I try and ensure um, is instilled in my daughter being 18. I could have the conversation with her when she turned 13. Well, this is not my house alone. This is actually ours. And we need to put this together again a skill where it becomes on if you look at how you manage people and how you interact, because I'm not going to want to hurt her emotions with certain things. So I try and be her at 13, look at the chores that I had and how it can help our fast-paced life now. And that's kind of how I try and instill it where, yes, um, I've been told that you're too positive about things, but without my positivity, it would have gotten me down. And that's I my little positive. Like we all need a lot of positivity these days. <laughs> no, no, definitely. So it's using it's using every situation that there is where there's an element of frustration or when I'm exhausted. When I'm exhausted, it's that moment where I tell myself I need to take that break. And I've learned to know when that is now. Mm, so there's a lesson in everything for everybody. Yeah. That's wonderful. You spoke earlier on about um, the young entrepreneurs and what's their passion, what's their why. What's your why? What's your passion? So my why and my passion is to make a difference as authentically as I possibly can. So it's, it's, it's basically aligned to, I'd say, uh, social change. Um, if you look at it by, if you start by practicing random acts of kindness, mm. smiling to someone, you mentioned smiling at someone, you mentioned that you've watched previous interviews with me. When people say, giving me a line of inspiration within technology, I don't link it to technology. I use words such as love. I use words such as caring because I feel those positive traits and positive acts make a difference. So pay your pension as bread in the queue behind you at that time and do good. Because that too becomes something that, you know, aids um, social change, reach out to people on platforms struggling with adjustments. And most, impo most importantly, it's sharing your story and being authentic because it's okay to not be okay at times. I can say that I am frustrated. I can say that I can't always do things. So, and that's okay. We can't always showcase the best in life because it has an impact on people that has low self-esteem. And then most importantly, it's being consistent. So if you are able to donate 100 rand a month, but you know in a month or two, you're going to be short that 100 rand, you're still going to be okay because people are worse off. And then collaboration and relationships fuel everything that I've just said. Mm -hmm. 
So don't be afraid to ask. And they can only say yes and yes or no. And if they say no, ask yourself why and do introspection. Mm. That's very great advice. Thank you for that. Um, you've previously spoken about creating social change at scale. What advice do you have for women out there who are committed to the same mission? Yeah, so I'm leading off from what I just said with regards to collaboration and relationships. Um, networking is key. Don't think that you are in it alone. Look for people within industry. So, I mean, my 16 years may be experienced now and I'm able to be there and, you know, share my journey. But it came from me having mentors in my space. Um, I mean, if I look at Louise, Louise Wolseley, um, very much uh, a part of my life, uh, Shirley Morse, um, and these are all people that have written books within project management, has been a part of my journey where I reached out to them and, and said, um, listen, I'm looking at entering a different um, space within IT. I'm not too sure if my capability is strong enough. Can you guide me? And Yes, I've had one or two people that said, look, I'm sorry, I really don't have time. This is what I'm focused on. But then I have others where I'd like to pride myself that I would be one of those. Where if someone reaches out and says, listen, I know you've got experience. It's, it's the hindsight that you actually want to ensure aids the next person. Why, if it was a lesson to me, can it not be someone, something that someone else is able to utilize now to guide them and ensure that they don't make the same mistake? Yeah. So reach out. And I always say it's two things. It is the relationships and collaboration and perseverance. So don't give up on yourself. It is vital that if you feel it gets you down, allow yourself that, but not too much time. Ask yourself why once more and see it as a lesson. So if you fall over a step, you are now aware that the step step. Mm -hmm. It becomes that type of you know, yeah. trying to bring it home and back to reality. <laughs> yes, I love that quote. Um, failing is not falling. It's not getting up. So that's very similar to what you Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, are you working on any new exciting projects and what are your plans for the upcoming year? Okay, so besides being a woman in technology, which is, you know, the whole male-dominated industry, um, Aspire prides ourselves to tackle another challenge, and that being that we are actually very much specialists within transport um, and, and transport management and transport data, which is another industry that I'd say is, is male-dominated. It's made up of engineers, so on and so forth. And if we look at maybe the 2010 um, World Cup, um, we look at how things had to come together. And there was a huge um, hype around smart cities around the world. And what that mm -hmm. is, is it's, it's aiming to um, using uh, transportation with new and emerging technologies to make moving around more convenient, more cost-effective, and obviously looking at safety. So one of the key things that, that, kind of, that um, Aspire is busy with now is, like I said before, we're known as being behind the scenes where our focus is ensuring that data is available for institutions to make informed decisions and by means of centralization and ease of use. So we're very much involved with the city of Cape Town and we are looking at one version of the truth for them on ensuring that there is centralized data that is available for them to allow them to plan, um, um, to plan and have all the mechanisms 
available and metrics to aid both safety, transport, and how things are managed um, uh, currently. So it doesn't sound as exciting again with us being in the background, but if you are picturing an untidy room without a closet, coming in with um, taking into account the different seasons and needing to make a decision daily based on the weather, we are able to provide the information to the different transport sectors on how they would be impact. And another thing that we pride ourselves on is the fact that working for a government institution um, helps us know that the taxpayer's money is going for a good cause. So that's one of it from a project perspective. We've also recently um, just started up a sister company called Aspire Business Technologies, where we are taking the IP, because we um, Aspire Solutions is a custom development house, We've also realized that there are certain things that we have developed, um, um, which, I mean, it's, it's South Africa built now, um, and we are we actually productizing it. So we've come, we've, we, the two that we've looked at now is um, Findology and Ilula. And Ilula, that would be more, I'd say, uh, um, more relevant to this platform, is um, running your business simply. It's creating a one-stop shop for entrepreneurs or business owners that if we look at it realistically, entrepreneurs have a good idea, they get some funding or they're able to start up and build from there. But how businesses is run and with your statutory requirements and everything that is required for you to operate within um, a compliance space, we kind of creating, we, we've created a product called Ilula. And again, this stems from the Aspire management system as we grew and progressed that we needed to put together and make sure checklists are in place. And then another one, lastly, is the Aspire Academy. So pride ourselves on fast track learning. Um, how this came about is we needed developers in our space and we realized that it seemed, uh, firstly, it's an inundated market because developers are needed everywhere. But our way of working, our technology stack that we've put together, it became really difficult to find that plug. So we've gone out there and made it a platform that we offer for free um, with certain criteria of coming on board for fast track learning, where people who would study their degree and obviously, we still recommend that they do that. So at the moment, we've got about, we've got five students, um, three of them with the honors within um, uh, business science and IT. And when they, I mean, they, I think they're in their fourth month now, um, they are able to not just focus on things such as coding and understanding various systems, but they look at database design and the logic on how a system is implemented within the agile nature that's required right now. And then um, last thing that's on the card, as I said, is the Confidence is Key, a competition that I'm going to be running with Glamour. And this is to ensure that we are inspire, inspiring the changing mindset, even if it's just one. One person that is, that is infected with positivity and confidence that in this generation is able to, you know, you know infect a lot more within the, within the millennial mindset and still without losing value on, on character and the model grounding. So I know yeah. that's mouthful, but that's no, what, and that's, we don't have much time left, but yeah. <laughs> that's well, wonderful things to look forward to. And I had just want to say, um, going back to the first one that you spoke about, working with Cape Town and the transport, I think that's very exciting because I've been stuck in Cape Town rush hour traffic 
at seven o'clock and at four o'clock for hours. And, you know, it's a, if, if they can get that right, with like a really good public uh, transport system, it'll make a world of difference to everybody who works in the city. You know, there's yes, millions sure. of people rushing in and draining out all at the same time, and there are about three roads. <laughs> so, no, 100%, 100%. Yeah. And, I mean, if you look at it based, based on Cape Town, um, and that's something I never understood before I came into transport. Um, in the CBD, you've got that bridge that goes halfway. And <laughs> what, what is that about? It's about planning. It's how things are planned. Yeah. So it's impact to the commuter. It's impact to, you know, your, 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 um, we, we focus largely within public transport because the impact on public transport and the commuter on the road um, in mm. his private vehicle there's always that clash on, you know, safety and how things are done. And, and what we're actually focusing on largely is that mm. information that's captured on public transport because it has a large impact on the commuter. And mm -hmm. having that information and putting that information together has opened up a whole new chapter in understanding how that space actually works. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, if you have, say, in London, like the Tube, where yeah. that's, you know, that frees up a whole range of things in terms of time, pollution, safety. There's a whole range of things that, um, you know, just become better if there's a really good public transport. So I'm excited. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to hear because when I bring it up on transport, people's like, okay, so what oh, are you yeah. actually doing? And they're wanting me to show them and I'm like, we have the data, we're busy in SQL, we're putting together some some amazing VI reports and, you know, but, okay, so what does that do? You know, I'm so, I'm, I'm so, thank you so much for being excited. <laughs> That's wonderful. We're coming to the, near the end of our conversation. I've really loved uh, speaking to you. So I think if we can just end off with any words of wisdom and support that you have for young South African women out there who are struggling to find their purpose and either their own purpose or keep their businesses going, you know, it's a tough time. So some inspiration and your positivity goes a long way. So if you can just um, give some wise words, that would be wonderful. Thank you. Okay, so first and foremost, um, I try to kind of reiterate on what I've said before. Your current position is there for a lesson. So if you find yourself frustrated, you ask yourself why and see that as a benefit. What can you change? What can you try and change? And what's actually working? Because we find ourselves in a space that as soon as you get ne you, you're negative about one thing, it impacts the nine other things around you that's actually working quite fine. So okay. latch onto that. So yeah. if you are exhausted by, your, your, by your, your, your routine, try something different. Your current position could be a means to an end, right? So the, the positive is that you have something that you are working on. It's the fact that, you know, working with and you're gaining experience, and that is invaluable. That cannot be taken away. When you find a new way to travel, as an example, or a new road, that's a shortcut. You pride yourself in that, and it's cut off time, and it is something that is yours. You find it. So ever wondered how mothers that go on school runs are able to give advice and I've mentioned this it is their experience so my my parting lines would be um because that is experience take your own advice and be the best version of you 
Mm. In failure, there is always success. Failure is purely an enabler for opportunity and growth. Something that goes right, um, something that goes wrong, being one thing brings you nine rights. So stay, it, it, it's so, I know it is difficult to hear the words and say stay positive, but if I can actually just be impromptu and read something, read something that... Dance. <laughs> no, 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 not dance, not dance, definitely not. So what, what I actually did was, um, so I am, I am busy with the book as well, and um, it's, Are it's you a writing title... Book? I am, yes. Oh, so I'm busy with a book called... <laughs> called the woman within and, ah. and what I tend to do is thoughts or um, the book is based on on it's supposed to be a bit of a life story and 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 um, motivation for for uh, for young women or for women in any generation right and um, what I've actually I, I make little notes and if I can part with, with with something that's inspirational I wrote something on gratitude so it goes gratitude why not take a moment, just one, to take a deep breath and feel, feel the gratitude of life. Take a moment and close your eyes, open it and have gratitude for sight. Why not put your hands together, smile for the gratitude of touch. Why not take a moment and look around you, gratitude of safety. If someone is around you, it's gratitude of love. In the end, You've taken, a, you've taken a few moments that will never return. Smile with gratitude on the worth of time. Your time is a grateful moment. Moments that only you can create with the blessings around you. That is wonderful. Did you write that? I did. That is beautiful. <laughs> that really is. Well, thank you. You've given me goosebumps. And it's <laughs> been an absolute delight speaking to you. Thank you. And I wish you and Aspire all the way, all the best, and hopefully we chat again soon. Thank you so, so much. And I thank you for, again, granting me this opportunity. It's been an absolute pleasure. It really has been. Thank you, and take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.